Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Chokum. Frenchie is here. We are doing F1 on Thursday this week so that we can have Mr. Malukas join for an IndyCar episode that'll come out tomorrow instead of today. And as always, thank you to our friends at Java House. That is javahouse.com. If you are not in the Indianapolis, in the Indianapolis area, you can use promo code PITLANE10 for 10% off all your orders. If you need some references from some people who have bought Java House, just go to our Twitter page. It's We've been tagged a couple times in the last few weeks, and there's been tons of support. So thank you, everybody. Frenchie, I got trivia. Thanks to Cody for finally remembering to send me one. I... I have one. From 2011 onwards, the Italian manufacturer Pirelli has been the sole tire supplier. That deal is tentatively set to expire after 2024. Past tire manufacturers include, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight former F1 tire manufacturers. How many can you name? Okay, let's see. Well, obviously yep. Goodyear, yep. Bridgestone, um, Avon. Yep. It's a weird one that I somehow remember. Yep. Dunlop, right? We are. So that's four. Have you said there's yes. eight? Okay. Um, Michelin. Uh, that was an obvious one yep. that I don't want to forget. Um, Firestone. Yep. trying to think of the others you're missing you're missing two okay what are like some of the big tire manufacturers that i would have uh was yep. continental ever yeah well you got F1? one more and this okay. is this is probably the hard i don't not that i doubt your abilities but this one's going to be hard i um another tire manufacturer i don't think yokohama was ever no. in f1 were they Okay. Um, yeah, then I, I don't think yeah, I know. The last one. one is Engelbert. Yeah. What? <laughs> what is Engelbert? I've it never heard of It was probably like in the 1950s or, you know, some long ago time. <laughs> Engelbert yeah. time. Yeah, that's, that'd be my guess at least without, without looking it up. Anyway, we have – oh, we are back to racing this weekend at Singapore and – so we'll talk briefly about Singapore. Whatever other news happens to come up, we will discuss this week as well. So, Frenchie, I'll turn it over to you to lead it. There's really not that much news, even though we skipped last week. But what we have is that AlphaTauri has retained Yuki Tsunoda for at least 2023. And I want to get your thoughts on that because, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I So the problem is, if they are really not all that gung-ho about who's in the Red Bull Driver Academy right now, which is a whole separate issue, and I do want to discuss the frustrations of the Driver Academy system at some point in the offseason, but if you're not all that gung-ho about anybody, there's not a ton of options. Like, you know, some of the options that are being thrown out for Alpine or Haas are probably not 
Toro Rosso, uh, Toro Rosso, Alpha Tauri options. So I don't know. I, it's not like I'm a big Yuki fan, but also there's not much out there right now. So it, you know, maybe it's, you know what? Let's just take somebody we know and we can reevaluate our current stable of academy drivers next year for this seat or for Gasly's seat or whatever. So uh, it's fine. I guess I kind of agree, but if you were to look at it objectively and to take out the context, do you think he's earned another year in no. F1 or no? Okay. Because I was kind of wondering that too. I mean, he's quick on occasion when everything goes his way, but... Again, that level of frustration that we see from him and just the kind of mistakes are... I would have thought that Red Bull would have chewed him up and spit him out already if it was anybody else. Yes, I agree. We actually... I, I, I'm sure you probably haven't seen this, but you know, since I multitask while we record, the FIA has approved six sprint races next year, up from three this year. Venues to still be announced. So, Frenchie, what do you think? Boo. I'm still not a sprint race fan. I just want you to do regular qualifying because I find that more interesting and more exciting. I I I could live with like one or two sprint races a year. Just 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 switch it up once in a while, fine. But six I mean I don't think we've discussed the pain of a twenty four race F one season. So you're gonna have a sprint race at a quarter of the races, it kinda loses its appeal then, so no, I don't think this is a great idea because I don't think they have six tracks that a sprint race would be fun to watch. Definitely nothing that they've raced at in the past, say, post-summer break, the three or four races there's been. So, I don't know. Maybe Brazil, Monza, and uh, let's just say one of the... The, the newer F1 tracks. Let's not, not Miami. Maybe Vegas, you do a sprint race. Cause you know, you could have that at four o'clock in the morning. I think it needs to be somewhere where there could be a lot. Right. Of That's what I was getting at. Because yeah. What's the point otherwise? I mean, then you just have a mini race where you have no passing and it's a procession. And then you have the big race where it's a procession and we can watch that twice. I, I don't know. I don't see that as, something that we really need to watch. It's more interesting to me to see the cars do actual qualifying and, you know, get kicked out if they don't make the cut Yep. in terms of yep. speed. I agree. Uh, well, we actually didn't get to that because we didn't talk about it last week is the 24 race schedule. That's the longest ever, I think, in F1 history. So we're going to have a busy year next year covering that especially because the fia is gonna invite us to every single race i know it they're just gonna give us like passes are they gonna fly us everywhere too Uh, i would think so i mean i was on the phone with stefano the other day and he was just letting me say like after he said a bunch of really inappropriate stuff about women (laughs) and like all that other kind of stuff that he likes to just go off about that i i just you know kind of had to correct him on he was like you know what michael i mean frenchy <laughs> you're right <laughs> you can come on my plane to every single race now all right well all right i'll let you handle that i'll 
<laughs> what a I'll dream world IndyCar. that would be. And, uh, you know, listen, if the, if they pay for dog sitting for both of us, especially me because I live by myself, I think we could make it work. That would be my contract sticking point. That's fair. Maybe Lewis Hamilton will let us kind of chip yeah. in for whoever, like, pet sits yeah. Roscoe. And I don't, does he have another dog know. anymore? I don't know. We need, we need to start covering the dogs, I guess, a little bit more yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, that would be fun. And then the people who listen to the F1 episode would no longer listen to the F1 episode. We'll make a separate <laughs> spinoff podcast. Dogs of Motorsports. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably already out there <laughs> and has a diehard group of about yeah six well listeners. if there's not we will we will make a spinoff we will make it paid only so you have to pay us $69 a year to listen to the dogs of motorsports podcast nice. okay what's next okay well we also got news that Guan Yu Zhou is being retained by Alfa Romeo for 2023, and I believe that actually dropped yeah, today, yeah. the day that we're recording. It was this morning. I think that's a good move because, I don't know. I mean, he's looked pretty good in the Alfa Romeo. He hasn't really seemed to be outdone by Valtteri Bottas. So for someone who I didn't expect much of coming in, he's impressed me, and he's been really consistent and i don't think he's made that many mistakes so he's almost been a little bit the opposite of what yuki did yeah and so i'd say he's the perfect set of hands for alfa romeo to just continue on with because you're not going to pull somebody else in to that ride it's not that probably attractive to anybody else that's gonna you know get the odd points on occasion when your car can actually achieve them. Yeah, I I think you made a good point there when you're talking about preseason expectations. I would have said I expected Sonoda to have a better second year than Guan Yu Zhou's rookie year or than you know, Sonoda's rookie year last year. And I think Guan Yu Zhou has been pretty, pretty solidly consistent all year with the exception of really issues that have been out of his control with some power unit failures or, or, you know, whatever electrical gremlins are, are hurting that team when, when Botas puts the car together himself for Joe. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's fine. I, I don't know if he's ultimately a person who we're going to see contend for race wins, unless he ends up in a much higher competitive car, but I think he's a good, a solid driver. It'll be definitely interesting, I think, with China coming back next year, the Chinese Grand Prix, for him to be in the field. I think that's going to be pretty epic. I mean, China's obviously a huge country, and that having that audience and that patriotism of a Chinese driver in F1, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, agreed. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. 
they were able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. All right, so two other just small bits of news before we get to Singapore. The first is that Dan Fallows, who previously worked at Red Bull um, and then joined Aston Martin to be their technical director. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. For this year, um, he basically says that the current Aston Martin team reminds him of a young Red Bull F1 team and that he feels like it's going to end up dominating F1 in the future. Is that just him basically trying to not get (laughs) murdered by Lawrence Stroll? Or do you see something in that? Is it something that we may expect in the future? Did did actually Fernando Alonso make the right decision for once in his career moving to Aston Martin? I mean, the ultimate answer is time will tell, but I think... Yeah. Boring. Relax. I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle there. Part of it is, you know, he's playing cheerleader for a team that's probably a bit demoralized. Didn't they have, you know, they've had a a string of DNFs the last handful of races. And, you know, for a team that in the preseason was like, oh, that car looks great, you know, from a aero perspective and, Obviously, the liver looked great, and you know it's been, you know, a cinder block on wheels most weeks. It's hard <laughs> to get too excited to come to work every day. It's probably part. I need to say something nice, so my boss doesn't send a hit squad out on me if I say something mean, or my boss's kid doesn't like you know have a temper tantrum in the garage this weekend. And. You know, maybe there is some truth to it. I, I don't think they're necessarily terrible, terribly far off. Sorry, I was losing, couldn't think of what I wanted to say there. Especially if they continue with Mercedes engines, which are, are still solid. So, I don't know. I think it's kind of a mix of all three of those. I, for one, don't see them improving next year. I think it's going to take... several years for them to become competitive so maybe they are a young red bull but they're a young red bull in their very early stages because we haven't seen much from them yet in my opinion to justify that i mean obviously he's on the inside but i don't know it's been pretty calamitous in a lot of places i mean only ferrari really tops them in terms of just ridiculous outcomes that seem to be the responsibility of the team. Yeah. So last bit of news that I wanted to talk about is that Esteban Ocon 
says that he thinks it's strange that not everyone appreciates the speed and results he's shown in F1, especially considering he's up against Fernando Alonso. He says only Lewis Hamilton's done a better job than he has as Alonso's F1 teammate. Bold claim, my man. Esty, Esty, my boy. So is he saying, like, as a teammate, I am really good, not necessarily, like, against, like, Max Verstappen, you know, because obviously Max Max is superior to any of his teammates ever to ever have walked the earth, right? Is that how I'm taking this, or how you're taking this statement? Uh, I think he's just saying that, yeah, he's the best teammate besides Hamilton that Alonso has ever had, like in terms of t- how teammates compare to Fernando. Okay, no, no. No. <laughs> I do not wish to expand on that statement other than no. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty lofty um, image that he has of himself there. I mean, he's not bad, right? And I, I think I, I've come around a little bit on him. I think he's a capable driver. Do I think he's really... And championship material? No. Will he maybe win a couple more Grand Prix in his career? Sure, I could see it, but that's about it. I don't. I don't see him as. I mean, you're comparing yourself to only Hamilton's better than you as teammates. Let's think about some of the other teammates that Alonso has had. Um, Jensen Button better than better than was Ocon. a teammate of his. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of who else wasn't. Who Who else did he have as teammates? Wasn't he teammates with? Vettel at one point at Ferrari, or is that not where they did they not overlap? Remember, I don't remember either. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's he's had some teammates, I think, that have definitely been better than Ocon besides Lewis. So let's just kind of snicker at that and move on to Singapore, which the times are terrible. I know, I just looked at them. I mean, it makes sense because it's all the way around the world, but we're looking at practice one on Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Practice two is at 9 a.m., so we can watch yeah, practice I'll be, two. I'll be just waking up for that. Yep. Practice three is at 6 a.m. We'll on not, Saturday, we'll so probably a pass. Qualifying is at 9, so that's actually not so bad. And then the race is at 8 a.m. on Sunday, so... I don't know. I usually wake up around 8 a.m. I'm a little bit of not a morning person, especially on the I weekends. can guarantee you I am not waking up at 8 on Sunday this weekend. I, I will watch it later on Sunday, or I might wake up, like, I don't know, partway through. But Exactly. I, I, yeah. I mean, even during the week, I wake up and get out of bed at, like, 8.30, 8.45. So, speaking of dogs, it's all dependent on if the dog is asleep and not moving in the crate, I'm not getting out of bed. So he's yes. your alarm? Yes. These days? Like even even when I say it stay at Sam's house, her dog is my alarm. Yeah. Oh really? So um eight 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 AM is I mean listen, I don't want to whine because you know, next year when F one races in Vegas and it's one AM for us, it's going to be seven AM for the UK, which is just <laughs> like so heartbreaking that they have to wake up early next year to watch a race for once. It's just you feel you really do feel so poorly for them. 
yeah, it's just heartbreaking. If we're not at that race, which I'm not sure probably if not. we'll end up going, because it'll probably be so expensive, then I really doubt that I'll be watching it live. I'll be waiting until the next morning to turn on the recording. You know what will happen is the same thing that happens with Australia. I say I'll watch it live because I have intentions of, of trying to stay up, and then I might watch like the first lap and then fall asleep with the TV on. Yeah, that, I mean, that's true. I I have actually, yeah, fallen back asleep watching F1 in bed on my iPad yeah. before, so I could definitely yep. see that. And sometimes it's just hard to keep your eyes open. Crofty's so soothing. <laughs> uh, that's a new one. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so um, let's do our picks, I guess, our All predictions right. for Singapore. Let me... Let me pull up. I forget kind of who's in F1 at this point, but. Max is probably going to clinch the championship this oh, weekend. Yeah. I saw some permutations of what he would be able to do. And let me see if I can pull that up real quick. I think it was Sky Sports F1 posted it. A, a nice little graphic. I think we should, we should add a prediction like for fun every week now of like, A, will Ferrari screw up? And B, who will the victim be? Like, will it be Leclerc or Sainz? And C, will it be a pit stop issue? Will the car spontaneously combust? Will Leclerc's helmet fly off in the middle of the race? <laughs> will he have the runs and have to, like, get out of the car? <laughs> now, we're going, we're, we're going off on a tangent here. Did you find what you were looking for? Okay. Yes, I did. So... If so, Max wins the race and gets the fastest lap. I think Peter, pretty much regardless, he wins the championship. So if he wins the race and gets pole, that would be another way to. Because you get a point for pole. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just ignore me. Sorry, I'm so sorry. But so I think I think Charles has to finish ninth or lower if he doesn't win okay. and get the fastest lap, and then Sergio has to finish fourth or lower without the fastest lap. Yeah, because even though he's still like semi in contention, not really. And so I guess if he wins with the fastest lap, Charles has to finish eighth or lower, and Sergio finishes fourth or lower, and he wins. So yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty easy for so him he, to win. Like Sergio finishing fourth or lower, that's probably going to happen. And Charles finishing eighth or lower or ninth or lower, maybe he'll finish well. I don't know. Who knows? how he's going to do this weekend. So they might prolong it a race. Yeah, or two, I could but... see like if he has like a, a podium weekend, but doesn't win, let's say that whatever the race after this is, is probably at that point, like Verstappen just needs to then finish probably, you know, top four or five to clinch. And you know, the only race or races he hasn't finished in, on the podium this year is, you know, that uh, the couple DNFs he had early in the year with, reliability issues yeah bahrain he finished 19th australia he retired and then in the uk he finished seventh. and then everything else he's been on the podium that's it all right predictions so we will do one inside the top 10 one outside the top 10 and do you want to do who gets eliminated in q2 or a surprise to make it into q3 Uh, I think surprise right. making it into Q3 because we've been we've been doing the Q2 All one, right. so let's switch it up. 
I will take George Russell. All right. Not a bad choice. He's pretty consistent. Uh, I'm going to take Carlos Sainz. Okay. Which is a risk because yep. it's a Ferrari, but I think that Leclerc is going to have the bad luck. All right, let's take, <laughs> even though we just kind of dumped on him earlier, I'll take Yuki Sonoda. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he just re-signed, so yeah. maybe that'll motivate him to, uh, you know, pull out some Probably extra not, performance. Let's hope so, since I picked him. I will pick, outside the top ten, let's go with Kevin Magnuson. Okay, my surprise Q3. I will take Alex Aldon. Do we know for sure that he's racing, by the way? I don't So I will take Alex Albon okay. and if he is not racing, if he's not better, then I will take assuming DeVries is in the car, I'll take DeVries. Okay, fair. Well that's both are good choices. I will say that you know what, let's let's risk it. Let's say Ricardo is gonna make Q three. Alright. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Tomorrow, IndyCar episode. Switch it up this week, order-wise. Probably back to normal order next week. And hopefully everybody has a lovely weekend of racing. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle, or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!